It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Tuesday morning at Wax. Good morning. Shank the day. Chore time, baby. Bob and Joe with you here with the farm show. 65 degrees right now and uh, 92 the high. It's going to be hot the next three, four days around here, and I mean hot into the 90s before it cools off over the weekend. A little chance of rain later in the week. We'll tell you all about that. Also, a crop update. Crops, a little improvement some places, not so much others around Wisconsin and around the country. Also, uh, this Saturday morning on the air, the Rice Lake FFA. We recorded that program last week at the Barron County Fair. Wow, talked to a lot of FFA members from Rice Lake. They're doing a lot of good things, so hear about that on Saturday morning. Jerry Clark. We always said Chippewa County Agricultural Agent. I guess now we got to say, what, Chippewa Dunn Eau Claire? Well, it's UW Extension. UW-Madison Extension is the first part of that. Yeah, but he's responsible in uh, those three yep. counties. Yep. Yeah, UW. <laughs> <laughs> Chippewa Dunn Eau Claire Agricultural Agent, as far as I'm concerned, for the UW Extension. <laughs> but uh, Jerry will be in. He's got a lot of things to talk about. We'll get a crop update, too, what he's seeing from, from around the area. You know, in Chippewa County alone, from the sand to the west to the heavy ground to the east, a little difference. Also, fairs this weekend. We're really into fair season now, Jill. We've got Don County, Eau Claire County, Monroe County, Polk County, and Taylor County this week. All right, so lots of fairs going on. It'll be hot early for the fairs, but by Saturday, back in the low 80s. So uh, hang in there. It'll get better. And uh, also that haze. Man, oh, man, yesterday that haze was here. That was rough. That yeah, was it rough. Took really, me a lot of extra allergy medicine to get through it. Boy, I'll tell you what. And it's still reportedly to the north and west is dying out a little bit or getting out of here. And still till about noon down in the counties to the south and east of Eau Claire. So, again, that haze in some areas is hanging around. But supposedly going to get out of here later on. But it, I mean, I, we came in. It wasn't raining. I stepped out about 430 the pavement was wet, and I looked up, and there were no clouds in the sky. So I don't know if somebody's watering or what, if we did get a shower. <laughs> I actually got showered a little bit on the way in. I was dry, and then all of a sudden I got a big blast, and then it was dry again. That's the way it's been all year, and that's uh, the way it looks again. But our next chance of rain looks to be probably maybe Thursday. We'll check with Mike Dandry a little bit later on and see what that weather's all about. For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Quick check of that weather forecast. It's going to be hot, at least early this week. Our Sky 113 weather brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. New 2023 Subaru Outbacks are now available at ChilsonMotors.com. 92, they say there's a chance of rain today. I'm not sure if that was it a little while ago. I don't call that much of rain. I mean, you could have put it all in a bucket it didn't come down very hard or very fast or very long so that's the story 92 chance of rain today down to 69 so it's not going to cool off a whole lot overnight tomorrow partly cloudy 90 thursday will be a hot one 94 on thursday partly cloudy maybe a chance of rain moving in a chance of rain again on friday cooling off to the upper 80s then saturday and sunday partly cloudy in the low 80s it's 60 but 66 degrees but still 92 a chance of rain i don't know if that chance of rain was a few drops we got about 4 30 maybe it was i don't know but it's going to be hot 92 501 this is 104.5 fm waxx so claire let's find out what's happening 
NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. The Biden administration is suing the state of Texas over a floating border wall in the Rio Grande River. On Monday, Governor Greg Abbott said his state is ready to push back. They're using some obscure statute to try to stop us from continuing to deploy those buoys. Is not grounded uh, in law whatsoever. Uh, we believe we have the right to do so, and we will take this lawsuit all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Federal officials say the buoys violate the Rivers and Harbors Act and raise humanitarian concerns. The Federal Reserve is set to meet this week with another interest rate hike widely expected. Last month, policymakers pressed pause on rate hikes for the first time in 15 months. Barack and Michelle Obama's personal chef is dead after drowning near the former president's home on Martha's Vineyard. More from Brian Schiff. Massachusetts police said the body of Tafari Campbell was found on Monday after they responded to reports of a missing paddleboarder at Edgartown Great Pond. The Obamas were not at home during the incident and have released a statement saying Campbell was a warm, fun, extraordinarily kind person who made all of our lives a little brighter. The investigation into his death is ongoing. The blistering heat wave that's been hitting the southwest for weeks is expanding toward the middle of the country. Mark Mayfield has more. It's likely to bring temperatures towards 100 degrees to several Midwest states this week, while the East Coast could see its hottest weather of the summer. Tens of millions of Americans remain under heat alerts. Meantime, Phoenix, Arizona's streak of days above 110 degrees was extended to 25 on Monday. High temperatures remain in the forecast in states like California, Nevada, Texas, and Florida. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, our weather forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. And don't forget, the new 2023 Subaru Ascents are now available at ChilsonMotors.com. Again, hot the next few days, 92 Maybe a chance of rain, as we said. We had a sprinkle outside the back door here about 40 minutes ago. I don't know if that's it or not, but 92 with a chance of rain. 69 overnight. Tomorrow, 90, partly cloudy. Thursday, 94, partly cloudy. A chance of rain moving in with that heat. And then cooling off a little bit. 88 on Friday with a chance of rain again. And then Saturday and Sunday into the low 80s, partly cloudy. 65 in Rice Lake this morning. Medford at 59. That's a cool spot. Marshfield, 64 at 70 in La Crosse, 62 in Green Bay, 67 in the Madison Sun Prairie area. Milwaukee, the warm spot at 72, and here we're 66 degrees right now. Again, we're on our way to about 92. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we've got numbers to look at, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. The uh, Livestock Trade, Jill, where are those numbers? Choice fed beef steers are 175 to 188 with mixed at 173 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 175 to 186 with mixed at 172 and down. Choice fed Holstein steers are 155 to 167 with select and silage fed steers 119 to 154. Cows are 85 to 109 with the top of 129. Bulls are 101 to 127. Butcher hogs are 45 to 92. Sows are 34 to 50 and boars are 19 to 25. New crop market lambs are one sixty-five to two dollars with a top of two twenty-two, and feeder lambs are sixty-five to one ninety-nine.
And at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, cattle, live cattle, mostly lower. Feeder cattle and hogs were lower across the board. August live cattle closed at 178.75 down a dollar 27. October at 180.30 down a dollar 60. December 184.32 down 85. February cattle up 32 at 188.65. That's the only up arrow on the board. Feeder cattle for August 243.25 down 267. September at 246.62 down 265. October feeder cattle finished at 248.67 down 232. November at 249.45 down a dollar 80 in January 248.37 down a dollar two. Hogs were lower as well. August at one hundred dollars ten cents a hundred. That's down fifty seven. October at eighty two sixty five down a dollar sixty. December seventy five seventy down a dollar twelve. And February hogs eighty twenty down seventy two. Board of trade was way up yesterday. Corn up thirty two cents. Beans up 22 to 23, weather-related and the Ukraine situation with grain shipments. But overnight, they did a turnaround. December corn in the overnight trade, down 8 cents, sitting at 5.58 this morning. Oats down 5 to 6 at 4.65. December wheat down 11 at 7.66. November soybeans down 18 cents, down to 14.06. Meal down $1.70 at 4.09.90. Best dairy market yesterday in a long time as far as movement upward. Not best prices, but the best movement upwards. A barrel cheese up 17 and a half, 183 a pound. Blocks up eight at 186 and a quarter. Butter up three cents, 261 and a quarter. Now the July class three was down four cents at 1377. But August, September, October, and November were all up 75 cents with August at 1746, September at 1842. October at 1897 to November at 1922. So hopefully that trend will continue. We've got a guest in the studio. We've got farm news to take a look at as well. But we've got a guy we want to talk to here in just a moment. Mr. Clark is here from Chippewa County. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 66 degrees, looking for a high today, about 92, 11 minutes after 5 o'clock. And joining us in the studio this morning, uh, it's been a while, Jerry Clark, who is, uh, <laughs> Jill and I have been debating what your title is, uh, <laughs> because of all these, I all these shenanigans <laughs> going on with the extension service out of Madison now, but... Uh, Crops and soil specialists in Chippewa, Dunn, and Eau Claire. How's that? That, that, that sounds pretty good. That catches part of it. All right. Yep, well, good. let's talk about that, crops and soils, because, man, oh, man, what a year it has been. Some places the crops look wonderful. Other places they don't look worth a darn. Yeah, that's been the the uh, theme of the whole summer or spring. I mean, we had this weather whiplash in May where we were you know wet and cold and behind planting, and we caught up quick, and then it, the faucet shut off, and... We just seem to have uh, such random emergence, both beans and corn. Uh, in the so same field in sometimes. The, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we saw maybe some same fields emerge over take three weeks. Uh, some corn came up right away where it got to moisture, and then others laid there until it got some other seeds. So we've seen this across uh, most of you know the three counties um, with these scattered rain. Now we still have some areas that... Uh, don't look so hot, and others are hanging in there. And uh, even second crop hay, we thought, might be you know really short in some 
cases it was, but then others say, you know, their second crop was better than their first. So they yeah. caught those those substantial rains. That came yeah, out. if you're under the right cloud, you're good. That is for sure. Is this uh, What does this mean as far as weed control or effective use of, uh, you know, the weed killers? Yeah, I like think that? we've seen an increase in uh, costs there simply because there was probably a second pass needed to control some of those weeds when the pre- pre-emergence didn't work. And then, uh, you know, now as we get towards uh, pollination, we're in that critical period where we're probably seeing uh, some fields that may not be completely pollinated. We had enough stress early on. We could see small ears uh, in terms of, you know, that the, the rows per ear. You know, we always have an even amount of rows around those ears. Yep. Um, a lot of times we shoot for that 16, 18 rows. We may be down to 12 or 14 just because the stress early on does dictate uh, some of that kind of development. I've never seen so much uneven tasseling in fields, too. I mean, you know, some part of the field is tassel, and then there's a chunk that's not. It's really, really different. Yeah, that's been part of um, just that that overall growth and development of some of those seeds that came up late, and they have Mm -hmm. to, you know, the the day maturity is still the same, and once we hit that uh, certain amount of time in the field, regardless of what that uh, variety or hybrid is, then we start to see that development of of the pollination. And so uh, once we get to pollination, that's pretty much set 60 days to maturity. Yep. So once we get pollination, and then if you're looking at corn silage, that window after pollination is usually 42, 47 days after pollination. So we, we can kind of start to see where maybe that corn silage season might start, uh, but it, that's going to be a year where we're going to have to look at whole plant moisture in a, in you know a few weeks. The burn Just, down the microwave yeah, might come the microwave, in handy. <laughs> get the old Coster oven out again, yeah. Uh, so those are the kind of things we'll have to look at um, simply because there's that variability in the field. Have you seen I haven't heard, you know, much disease insect problem in the corn though, have you or the beans? It hasn't been too bad. Uh, Japanese beetles are pretty heavy right now. Uh, and they, I know they we had co- weevil in, earlier in alfalfa. Yep, but right. Yeah, and corn, uh, it's been set somewhat quiet, but uh, check for Japanese beetles because they'll clip silks. Yeah. And we've had lots of reports of them in fields. So it's it's a heavier year, and again, in some isolated areas of the, of the county. Can we get rid of them? Pardon? Can we get rid of the beetles? Yeah, you can spray for them, but there again, it's another another input yep, exactly. uh, to the whole cost. So, yeah, it's been a year where I think management um, has just been constantly dipping into the, the checkbook. Yeah, simply really to try to keep up with the, the pest management mm-hmm. side. All right, so hopefully your crops are... Are making. I know not everybody's are looking good, but uh, but you're going out to Elk Mountain. You got a hops day. What's that? Yeah, we've got uh, each year we do a uh, statewide uh, hop uh, for any hop growers out there. And so Scott and Joni Alney from Opportunity Gardens, they're right on County X, uh, kind of out by the Wheaton Fire Station in yep. Chippewa County, uh, have offered to host that this year. So we've got a number of specialists coming in from. Uh, University of Minnesota, some of the marketing experts from around uh, around the area that uh, with the uh, the Wisconsin Hop Exchange, uh, Chris Baxter from Platteville, he'll be up to talk about some of the fertility management. We also got Ken Schrader, who's the county educator over in Portage County, does a lot of work with irrigation. Is going to mm-hmm. talk about drip irrigation since most hop yards do have uh, irrigation put in uh, as what, for a specialty crop. What day is that? That'll be this Friday. This coming Friday, right? Yes, this Friday from 10 to noon, I believe. Have a little lunch afterwards, and uh, we'll probably hang out in the yard for a little bit afterwards. Sounds good. Jerry's going to be with us more this morning as we continue on. But we've got some news to look at in the world of agriculture. Keeping it rural. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Joe, what's going on with cattle numbers? Well, the July 1st cattle inventory is down in the United States. According to the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service, all cattle and calves totaled 95.9 million head. That's 3% below last year's numbers. All cows and heifers that have calved totaled 38.8 million head, 2% lower than last year. And of that total, 29.4 million are beef cows, down 3% from last year, and 9.4 million head are milk cows, unchanged from last year. The 2023 calf crop is also expected to be just under 34 million head, 2% lower than last year, with almost 25 million calves born the first half of the year and another 9 million expected for the second half. And the number of cattle in feedlots was counted on July, was also counted on July 1st. And just over 11 million cattle are on feed for the slaughter market in the United States feedlots with capacities of 1,000 or more head. And that's 2% lower than last year. The cattle inventory was made up of 6.7 million steers and steer calves, down 3% from last year, and 4.5 million heifers, unchanged from last year. Cattle placed in feedlots in June totaled 1.7 million head, 3% above 2022. And I read some other stuff, and it says that the the herd, the United States herd, just isn't looking like it's going to increase for a little while yet. No, you're getting these cattle cycles, and it takes a while. It's not like a hog cycle. The cattle cycle takes a little bit longer to recover. You know, with the dry weather, lack of feed, they start culling, and it takes a long time to rebuild. All right, crop and corn across the country this week, 57% good to excellent, unchanged from a week ago. Crops have actually gotten a little better in Texas, Kentucky, Kansas, and Illinois. And we'll catch up with more of the crop progress report as we go along this morning. But uh, coming up here on Wax, we're going to hear appetite for bugs. The guy that's uh, raising bugs for uh, whatever reason down in the southern part of the state, we'll hear what that's all about. Coming up on Wax, again, 66 degrees now, 92, maybe a chance of rain today. Keep your fingers crossed. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I'll admit, when I think of animal agriculture, crickets are not what comes to mind. But it is a piece of Wisconsin's agricultural industry. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, joining you after visiting Kevin Bockhuber, who owns Madison Cricket Farm in DeForest. He raises crickets for live pet food, like for birds or reptiles. This farm is also an extension of Kevin's consulting firm, where he advises other insect farmers. He says despite the size difference, there's a lot of similarities between raising bugs and livestock we're more familiar with, like beef or pigs. So the most crucial things for insects are temperature and humidity. For the crickets, we're generally doing about 88 degrees Fahrenheit and 30 to 40% relative humidity. They like it a little hotter, a little wetter when they're young, whatever. The other thing that you have to think about when you're raising so many anim- such a high density of animals in such a small space is airflow. They'll use a lot of oxygen very quickly. Then from there, I mean, there's feed, there's water. We use, like, the standard bell jar chicken waters that you can buy from Little Giant, and then we have some sponges in there that keep the crickets from drowning. Feed is very similar to chicken feed, like a 16 18% layer mash with a couple of extra things to, for the crickets themselves. 
One of the big advantages that we have is that we can go multiple layers high. So my farm is built for like medium density production. And so we have uh, three rows that we can raise our crickets in. And we can essentially triple our production per square foot like that. How do you keep them in? So they're all inside of bins or tanks. In our case, we use 275-gallon IBCs that we've cut in half. And then you just place a layer of shipping tape around it. It's smooth. They're bad at climbing smooth surfaces, so it keeps them in. And generally speaking, I mean, if they're well-fed and they have enough water and enough space to like get away from each other, then they're not trying to escape. And they can't fly, which helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. What does it cost to raise crickets that go into that one, one box versus the value you're getting from it? Yeah, base cogs is probably somewhere around three sixty-five per unit, three dollars and sixty-five cents oh. <laughs> per thousand crickets. It's seasonally variable because utilities play a large part of our cost of production. Packaging and shipping is obnoxious. I would say it probably works out to like fifteen bucks per unit if you're just sending one box to like one person. Most pet stores are buying larger quantities, so there's some scalar volume stuff there but we still walk out with like a 40 to 60 percent gross margin which is good it's good oh yeah no it's good i mean like a 3,000 square foot space you know i've seen time and time again produce somewhere around 300 400,000 gross and like 100 to 125k net for like 20 years at a time with just husband wife and maybe one or two seasonal workers so it's very consistent how many crickets do you usually have under your roof at one time yeah, we usually have a couple million and then maybe another 800,000 as eggs on any given day. And remind us why they look different than what we normally would see in our backyard. Yeah, so these are a different family of cricket. These are domesticated crickets. The ones that we raise are called banded crickets or Grillides sigillatus. Traditionally, the one that was most commonly raised was called is called the house cricket, and that's Acada domestica. That one's been bred for thousands of years intentionally and the you know it's been decades for the banded crickets and so there's been a lot of natural selection that happens you know if they get out of the bin well then they're they don't get on to the next generation so they're a lot more docile they have a lot less armor and um, they're differently colored than the crickets you usually see outside when you have that many crickets in one building do, do you have to worry about pests or disease Absolutely. There is a type of dermestid beetle that is apparently scientifically undescribed. Like the flesh-eating beetles that eat the, you know, clean the cow skull or whatever. There's one type of them that is really loves getting into these farms and just like working its way in. It doesn't like eat the crickets or anything, but when it sheds, it leaves little sharp spikes in the food and it messes with the cricket's guts. Then you have spiders and mice and rats and like uh, in farms down south, there's one I work with in Florida that has an annual cane toad invasion of just like, you know, pound and a half toads doing their best to get inside. So pest management is, and we can't use, you know, insecticides or pesticides. So we use a lot of integrated pest management approaches, you know, even putting your like plastic owl in the farm itself helps keep the rats away. Just briefly, what are some of the other integrated pest management tools that, that you're utilizing? 
Yeah, so like the beetles that I mentioned, they lay their eggs on their... We use egg filler flats to give the crickets a lot of space inside the bins to like have personal space from each other. Well, the domestics lay their eggs on that. So as a pest management strategy, you'll either freeze or heat the uh, egg filler flats or you'll only use them a single time and that disrupts the the, bre- the life cycle of those beetles. So you won't get to like 0%, but you'll get like a 99% reduction kind of thing. How do you ship your crickets? What, what are some of the considerations you have to take? For the live feeder crickets, they're being shipped in screened boxes and they need to arrive alive. The closest that I found in other agricultural settings is cut flowers where you need them to be good for a week at the store and good for a week at the customer's home. So we basically overnight ship everything. We do a local footprint, so we're shipping through speedy delivery. They overnight it. They get to the pet stores. They get out unboxed, and the pet stores will then sell them, you know, a half dozen, dozen crickets at a time to the people who need them. But, yeah, there's a lot of logistics around it where... If it's below 40 or above 90, they're not really going to get there alive. And turns out that that's a certain percentage of the year. So we also do some local delivery. What is the appetite, pun intended, for the United States to eat insects? I have been shocked by the level of uptake that's happened very quietly and kind of in the background in the U.S. So we did market studies back in the the early 2010s right and maybe three percent of people had ever eaten an insect in the u.s some colleagues commissioned a new study in i want to say 2018 2019 and found that fully 17 percent of americans had at least tried the insects so you know i'll take a 14 percent jump over like a decade any day of the week does raising insects makes sense as a value add to an existing farming operation? Yes, probably not crickets. Uh, There's another insect called black soldier fly that's commonly raised for fish, chicken, and pig food. I mean, it's got an expanding list of uses, but those are the the three primary ones currently. Um, And it's really great. It's able to convert things like rotten feed and other... um, other just like waste products of farms into black soldier fly. And again, appetite for bugs. Kevin Bachhuber, he's a Madison cricket farm out by DeForest, just north of Madison. He raised crickets. What does he raise crickets for? To feed to your pets. For your frogs or your, I don't know, what else? Well, I don't know what eats crickets. Well, don't they normally go get their own? <laughs> Not if they're in a cage. Well... What do you want a frog in a cage for? I don't. Well, okay. But anyway, there you go. You want to buy crickets or start raising your own crickets? Get a hold of Mr. Bachhuber down in the Madison area. We want to find out what's going on with the markets. That means Rocky's going to join us from Premier Livestock over there in Withy next. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I don't think they sell crickets, but uh, if we find a market for it, I'm sure they will. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> joins us over at Premier Livestock and with you. There you go. How'd you like to be a cricket salesman, auctioneer crickets? Hey, if you got enough of them and you got somebody that wants them, we'd probably try it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. But I, I know you're selling lots of cattle. How'd that go yesterday? 
Thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is yesterday's uh, Monday's auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We set a busy Monday, sold 1,340 head. Uh, fed cattle traded stronger. High choice and prime Holstein steers from a dollar fifty-five up to one sixty-nine. Uh, low choice and selects one forty-five to one fifty-four. Choice beef steers and heifers up to a dollar seventy-nine. Market cows high yielding from a dollar five to a dollar thirty-one. Uh, many from eighty to one hundred four. High yielding market bulls from a dollar five to a dollar twenty eight. Lower yielding one hundred four and down. Organic market cows stronger. Uh, they're sold every Monday. Majority of those organic cows yesterday from one thirty to one seventy four. Uh, steers and bulls from a dollar forty to a dollar eighty six. Newborn Holstein bull calves yesterday, mostly from two twenty five to three fifty. Or beef cross calves from three fifty to five fifty. Holstein heifer calves up to 240. Today, Tuesday, uh, we do have our special monthly dairy heifer auction. Uh, we're expecting 250 to 300 head of dairy heifers. If you're buying or selling dairy heifers, it's about the best sale we offer. Uh, comes around once a month here, guys. We'll be taking consignments today. If you got some heifers, you don't have to pre-consign them. You can just bring them in today right up to 1030. Uh, selling all classes of open heifers, bred and springing heifers. Then Wednesday, we'll have another dairy cattle auction. we got two very nice Nice tie stall herds, uh, good cows, AI sired. Both them herds sell on test and several reputation loads of fresh parlor freestall cows and some nice springing heifers. Full details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier, 715-229-2500. Also, large farm equipment auction will be coming up August 25th. Uh, make sure you get those consignments in soon, guys, so we can do the best job advertising for you. And uh, that's the way things are shaping up, Bob. How full is the lot so far? It's a little quieter, this one, I would say. But, I mean, it's summertime, and everybody's so darn busy. So, Man, that's for sure. What's the date yeah. of that again? Uh, it's going to be August 25th, but we do we do have a lot of nice equipment in, so make sure if you're around, come take a look. All right. What about, uh, you got any other uh, special auctions, horse sales or cricket oh, sales or anything uh, like that? I think uh, horse sales not till October, so. Oh, wow. Yep, so. All right. Well, you're, keep busy and uh, have a good time on the road today. All right. You too, Bob. Thanks. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there, Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And we're going to catch up with Mike Dandria and get a look at our weather information. A lot of things to talk about as far as the weather because uh, pay attention early in the week because it looks like it's going to be, uh, well, kind of a warm week around the area. And, and again, we don't want anybody going down on us because, again, when we get into the 90s, Make sure you use some common sense out there. We'll catch up with Mike Nandria over at Skywarn 13 next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hot is the word of the week, at least early in the week. Let's find out how hot. Mike Nandria is over at Skywarn 13. Help us take a look at this weather forecast. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. I saw earlier a chance of rain in the forecast. Now, about 4.30, I walked out the back door and the pavement was wet, but I could have got it that wet with a garden hose with all the... <laughs> we didn't get enough to do any good. Is that your chance of rain for today? I mean, it's still sprinkling in a few spots, but again, it's not really uh, not really looking like we're going to get any widespread rain, right. uh, but it was mostly confined towards the morning, of course. All right, but uh, hang on. It's going to get warm for the next, what, 48, 72 hours? 
Yeah, the next couple of days even hotter than yesterday, which, I mean, was in the mid-80s, and uh, it was really the humidity that kind of made it feel even warmer. But today we'll have that humidity and temperatures well, about 8 degrees warmer, topping out around the low 90s. And later on tonight, we'll have some clouds start to roll in. Uh, this is mostly around the midnight hour, which will eventually result in chances at showers and storms through the overnight and into the daybreak hours of tomorrow. But that's associated with a warm front that, believe it or not, will warm us up even more for tomorrow, getting once again in the low to mid-90s. Heat index values getting into the upper 90s, and we'll have just a very light wind out of the southwest. Mainly clear for tomorrow night, upper 60s. Thursday, likely going to be the hottest with temperatures right around the upper 90s. And factoring in heat index, it'll most likely feel like it's at least the upper 90s or even the triple digits before showers and storms roll in Thursday night into Friday. That'll start to cool us off. Still upper 80s on tap for Friday. And then another chance at showers and storms Friday night. That'll cool us off even more on Saturday. Mostly sunny mid 80s. And that's where we hang out on Sunday as well. And a little bit cooler on Monday. Low 80s. Still a good bit of sunshine. But right now, we do have a mostly cloudy sky and a temperature of 66 degrees. No clear with that dew point sitting at 65 degrees. So a bit of a muggy start. And that haze yesterday was nasty. Is that going to be around today? Uh, to- Initially, yeah, but it looks like uh, with that heat dome that's going to be moving in, it'll actually help push uh, some of that smoke out of the area. But it was not good yesterday, that's for sure. No, no, it was not. Alrighty, Thank you, sir. You bet. Have a good one, Bob. You bet. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there in the Skywarn 13 weather room taking a look at our weather this morning. We're going to catch up on some of our local news next. That means Morgan. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to find out what's going on with some of the local news. That means Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. And like a lot of folks, both of us were out at uh, Country Jam on Saturday night. You know, at about 9 o'clock, 9.15, mm-hmm. I, heard, I heard the chance. It was Morgan. Oh, Morgan. Yes. At least that's what, and then it, no, I found out it was McGraw. McGraw. I thought everybody wanted Morgan back on stage. Oh, yeah, right. You know what I was wondering, though? I know your sweetheart was in town. Faith Hill was here. Celebrating. Well, no, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but was but she really on stage? I can't believe, and I was only half paying attention when he supposedly introduced her. You introduce Faith Hill, and that crowd goes nuts. That crowd sat on its hands for Faith Hill. Well, I think she was asking for you. <laughs> so that's it was kind of weird because, you know, Tim brought her on 26 years of marriage, and she goes, where's Bob in the crowd? I heard <laughs> her say that. One of my most uh, fun possessions is a picture just her and I, mm-hmm. 26 years ago, backstage. They met in Eau Claire, yeah, right? I mean, tech- yeah, yeah. So, you know, she met me and Tim the same time. I know. I think she's and getting she, ready to ditch Tim threw, from the sounds of it. Aside for him. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Well, we're going to keep those headlines pretty close to our area. Good morning. Now, here's what we're learning today. We'll start in the courts near us as a former northwestern Wisconsin prosecutor is going to jail for making secret sex tapes as a St. Croix County judge sentenced former Burnett County assistant. DA Daniel Steffen to one and a half years behind bars for filming those with women without their knowledge. Steffen was convicted of making two tapes at his house in Polk County in 2018 and after his time in prison will be on parole for two years and under a probation agreement for another four. 
We'll look closer here as the wheel tax might not be rolling forward with a lot of fanfare. There was some public comment last night at the city council meeting and most of it against that new proposed city leader tax that would add $24 to the cost of registering a car in Eau Claire. And that would be a way to raise millions for road repairs, though many people saying they're not a fan of that idea. And now the full city council will take that feedback and vote to the table tonight. In other headlines, if you have a cheese head ready to go, you're not alone. Green Bay Packers, though, now own the company that makes those cheese heads. The folks at Milwaukee-based Fomation say they recently agreed to sell to the team. The Packers say they were the largest customer for those cheese heads, which makes sense, I guess. So then the two join, and now the team says they're looking at ways to grow the brand and bring even more cheese heads and possibly other foam cheese products to fans this season. Might be a little early to think about the Go Pack Go, but uh, the cheese, we have to make that, and it starts with the milk, and of course, that begins in the barn. So we head back there now with Bob Bosel, Jill Welke, and I believe Jerry Clark's in the studio today for your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. And my guess, or my prediction, Mm -hmm. is that they will logo those cheese heads and all that stuff with Green Bay Packers on them. Mm Mm-hmm. And they'll double the price. <laughs> that sounds about right. You can buy them right yeah. in the team uh, pro shop, yeah, right? Yeah, they're probably limited to where you can buy them now, too. Well, maybe they'll have different ones. You could get a Colby cheese head, yeah, a, yeah, a blue cheese head, something oh, like that. Yeah, maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe you'll be able to get a, uh, who's the new quarterback that they're, they're going to have in there? Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Maybe they'll have Jordan Love cheese heads. Who knows? We all know once that uh, big G goes on it, the price triples, though, right? <laughs> you got that right. All right. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. All right. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. We're 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. Again, 66 degrees on our way to 92. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Jerry Clark is with us this morning, uh, crops and soils agent for Chippewa Dunn in Eau Claire County. And uh, that soybean spot, and Jerry, I know you work with soybean growers, but every year, and I don't know, did you get down to the Corn Soy Expo last February down in Madison? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a deal where I go to the soybean meeting every year, and I've preached this before, so I, I know you've heard this before, but the band across Wisconsin from what Green Bay right through our area all the way to the Mississippi River is a special section, I don't know, section three or whatever it is, Nobody ever enters the soybean yield contest. You grow one bushel of soybeans, <laughs> you win. And yep. I mean, you win a nice check, and yes. they don't enter. So I'm uh, urging you to, because the seed dealer will pay the entry fee yeah. for you. Yeah, that's, uh, So I'm urging you to encourage your we'll soybean growers. To, you know, if you, if you grow one bushel, you yep. would have won. Yep. And there that's was... not just last year. It's other years in the past. So, again, while we're thinking about it, soybean growers... Enter that contest. Tell your seed guy, hey, pay the entry fee for me. They'll do it. All right. Hey, we got uh, we got to talk about, uh, again, that hops day is this Friday out in Elk Mound. But something else coming down, uh, Manure Management Day, or what's that all about? The North American Manure Expo. That's a big one, it sounds like. Yeah, that comes around to Wisconsin every five years. And uh, it started here in Wisconsin back in 2001. So I've been involved in that uh, program. It it, it, it it wasn't titled the uh, North American Manure Expo but, but Expo, but we pulled in Canada over the oh, years. Wow. And so uh, we've even hosted, it's been hosted in Canada and all across the Midwest and up into uh, Pennsylvania. Next year it'll be in New York. So it travels around, and this year it'll be at the Arlington uh, Research Station on the UW-Madison uh, Research Station there right at North Arlington. of Madison yep. there by DeForest and up in that country. 
So what uh, what goes on? Is this a one-day deal? No, it's a two-day deal. Okay. So it's uh, August 9th and 10th. And, uh, yeah, the reason we're promoting it here is I'm the chair of this committee. Oh, so boy. <laughs> that's where we're helping to get the word out a little bit. But um, it's focused completely on manure management. So we look at uh, the first day we have a few tours that take you to uh, the Digester in Middleton, also some of the agronomy tours, uh, research tours at the Arlington Research Station. So, for instance, uh, Francisco Arriaga is one of our uh, state specialists, and Greg Sanford uh, does the the long-term uh, cropping study out there. Uh, they'll be part of a tour in the morning, uh, so, and then also the dairy tour and the separation uh, separator tour on how the Arlington Research Station handles their manure. So that'll be uh, the morning of the first day, and then this uh, the afternoon of this of the first day. Uh, that's when we have agitation demonstrations. And so we actually get agitation boats out into the lagoon. Mm-hmm. Um, they can demonstrate for you know, 10, 15 minutes, show what their uh, agitation equipment does. Then in the uh, afternoon, we also have a separation and pelletizer demonstration. First time we've ever done that. So four, I think four companies are coming to demonstrate sand separation, how they can pelletize manure on farm, in, and then... Uh, also uh, discharge clean water out of those systems. So uh, the separation pelletizer demo is something new, and I think is going to be of interest to a lot of dairy farmers that are looking to invest in that type of technology to manage uh, that manure system. And then there's more of a safety school in the afternoon and uh, a networking event uh, in the evening. But then the second day... Is that pelletizer, is that American technology or is European technology, do you know? Oh, but that's a good question. I'm not sure where uh, the company's based here in the U- the U.S., but okay. it could be some, they may have a European. All right, all right. but second day, I interrupted you. What's oh, going no, on second day? No, second day, day then, uh, that's where we have some educational seminars, so more of the speakers under tents type of thing. So we've got about a dozen of those type types of uh, programs going. And then uh, we'll have liquid uh, demonstration as far as uh, tankers being mm-hmm. injecting uh, manure, uh, we, uh, spreading manure. Uh, we also have solid uh, spreaders out there as well so we've probably got six or eight different solid spreaders uh, and then a hose drag system a couple different toolbars that'll be demonstrated and then a company that makes a hose bridge so you can go up and over a road so you can drive under it so they make their own arch or a bridge okay and then uh we're going to do a kind of a pressurized safety demonstration with these hoses uh and the type of danger that they can have so again focus on safety at the end with kind of a hose whip demonstration where they blow the the lines out and we can have a if that hose isn't anchored on the end you can have a lot of problems with that hose whipping around at the end of the field. I was going to say we just know what happened you drop a hose and turn the water out it flies all over the right. place with the pressure of that manure hose that yep. can be really dangerous. Yeah so uh, registration not, we need to register nope, ahead of time? Uh, the only thing that you pay for is the tour so if you want to go okay. on one of the tours on that first day there's about a 20 25 dollar fee. But you can pay when you get you there. You can pay when you get there. And then, um, otherwise, it's free. Yeah, it's a free entry. There's about uh, 60 different exhibitors. So we got indoor tents. We got a poster session for researchers. Uh, so a lot going on that you can take in. And, and uh, again, it's it, there's no no cost just to get yourself there. All right, August 9th and 10th. 9th and 10th down at the all Arlington. Right. And we'll uh, we'll have Jerry back before then to remind you about all that. But uh, sounds like a big event. You've been putting some time yeah, in that's, that. Yeah, uh, it takes, takes a little bit of time to coordinate this over the last year. So um, lots of help, lots of support from the local uh, area, uh, custom manure applicators, some of the Good. professional guys. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they sure do. So, again, that's uh, boy, that sounds like a lot of information, manure management out there. Down in Arlington, August 9th and 10th. Jerry, thanks for coming in this yeah. morning. All right, thanks, Bob. Appreciate All right, well, we'll have Jerry back in. We'll talk more about that and a lot of other things, too. 
the crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll get to the markets in a moment, but as we said right off the top, lots of fairs going on and other activities. Jill, get us caught up a little bit. Well, we've got those fairs, and within those fairs, they're having their horse pulls and their tractor pulls, so my best bet is to go online and go to the Facebook pages and find out some of the specific times. But the USDA did extend the deadline for organic dairy marketing that was supposed to be up this Wednesday, but they're for assistance until August 11th. So go if you're an organic dairy in into your organic dairy and need marketing assistant, go to your USDA's Farm Service Agency and find out more on that. And that is extended till August 11th. And the Wisconsin Food Companies incur- had their food company missions, and now they're going to have their, uh, on Wednesday in Madison, they're going to have their International Business Center um, Midwest Buyers Mission get together to find out all the things that they were able to market. And uh, like I said, those horse pulls are out and about. And and where are the fairs this week? Just run that down. We've got Dunn County, Eau Claire County. We've got Taylor County. We've got Polk County and Monroe County. In our area. So, again, uh, no shortage of fairs. And, again, prepare because it's going to get warm. Let's go to markets. Where do you want to go? Let's head on down to Sparta and hear from Hot Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 178 to 186. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 162 to 177. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 160 to 175. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 157 to 164. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 146 to 156 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and Heavy Steers $1 to $1.45. Cows steady. Quality beef cows. A dollar five to dollar twenty-five, topping at one twenty-seven. The high-yielding cows today, a dollar to a dollar fifteen, with a top of one twenty-one and a half. The cutters and utilities, eighty-four to ninety-nine, with the low-yielding and canter cows, thirty to eighty-three cents. Organic market today, with the results from the July twenty-fourth sale, with a steady market with the high-yielding organic cows, a dollar forty-five to dollar seventy, topping at one seventy-seven. The thin and small organic cows, one hundred nine to one forty-four. With the organic steers and heifers, 165 to 180 bulls steady. Most bulls bringing 105 to 120 with a thin, full, and bulls over ton discounted at $1.04 and down. Calves sold by the pound today with the steady market with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing 225 to 375. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 80 cents to $1.80. The quality beef bulls, 475 to 625. The quality beef heifers, 450 to $6 with the light and poor quality calves, 10 cents to $1 per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, July 26th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut aiming to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over, before it gets too hot, let's get over the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Well, you ready for another hot, uh, at least first half of the week, Jer? Well, good morning to you, Bob. Yeah, you just deal with it. You kind of take it easy. And we, uh, I know I was watching the radar yesterday afternoon. There's uh, there's some places around that got some pretty decent rain yesterday, but uh, fortunately, Western Marathon County, we missed out in the afternoon. We did get a little... A uh, small little shower yesterday morning around 7 o'clock or so. But, well, it's with this heat and humidity, you know, you never know where you're going to get. So well, I guess if you're, under the right, if you're under the right cloud, you'll be all right, I yep, guess. Yep, but just be careful in case storms develop. Hey, get us uh, caught up on what happened Monday. 
Better do that, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Uh, summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. Another busy Monday, and we'll start with the cow market. Uh, mostly steady trend on the cows yesterday. High-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows. Uh, we're selling from 103 to 120. Most of the cows yesterday selling from 82 to 102. Thinner cows, light carcass cows, below 80. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are selling from 112 to 120. Lighter weight bulls, 108 and below. Fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from uh, 145 to 160. Uh, select grading cattle under finished cattle, 138 and down. Uh, mostly steady trend on the calves also. Again, folks, do keep in mind this very hot weather. Uh, you know, the, make sure your calves are good and strong because the heat really takes its toll on, especially on these little lightweight calves. But the good quality 9230 pound bull calves, and they're selling from 150 to 350 up to 380 on yesterday's auction. Heifer calves mostly from 75 to 155. Beef calves continue to be very strong, 300 to 600, uh, top at 620 yesterday's sale. We are at Tuesday here in Stratford. We start at 10 o'clock this morning, hay and bedding auction. Do have a, a large selection of hay for you folks. Uh, we've got large squares of second crop, large squares of first crop, a large selection of 4 by 4 round bales. So if your hay yield is not what it's up to be, we'll see at 10 o'clock, good selection of hay. 11 o'clock market auction today, and, of course, every Tuesday we do sell organic market cattle. And also, uh, don't forget, tomorrow, feeder auction, feeder cattle sale auction, tomorrow at 1230. So, like we told the folks yesterday, Bob, uh, you know, I know it's uh, uh, going to be hot, so get your chores done, have a bite to eat, get the cattle on the road early this morning, and uh, because uh, when you start moving them around after lunch, that's when they really get warm. So, anyway, I guess we deal with it, and uh, with that, we'll send her back to you, Bob, and talk to you tomorrow morning. It's pretty much the same story for you. You move you around afternoon, you get a little warm, too, don't you? Um, it's getting to the point now where we like to like to kind of cash her in about eleven o'clock. Oh you know? boy! All right, we'll we'll see you later, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And our market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland Board of Trade down overnight after yesterday. Yesterday's close: corn was up thirty-two cents, beans up twenty-two to twenty-three cents. Uh, the dry weather, Ukrainian war, but overnight give back. December corn down eight overnight at five fifty eight. The oats down five to six at four sixty five. December wheat down eleven cents at seven sixty six. November soybeans down eighteen cents overnight at fourteen oh six. Meal down a dollar seventy at four hundred nine dollars and ninety cents. Country elevator prices: wheat and grain chip falls in Connersville location. Corns at five forty nine and soybeans fifteen oh five. Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, corn's at 573 with soybeans at 1411. And in Arcadia, corn's at 582 with beans at 1426. On the DTN screen, Golden Plump, corn 602 today. At Baldwin, 525, beans 1416. At Duran Mondovi and Elmwood, the corn's 530 bushels. Soybeans cashing at 1416. And in Fall Creek, 521 on the corn, 1406 on the beans. Osseo's corn 550, soybeans 1421 out at Elk Mountain. Corn 558, beans 14.12. Down at Sparta, 566 for corn, 14.61 for the beans. Ellsworth, 5.10 and 14.06. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, corn 580. Stanley, 555. New Richmond, 550. Barrel trees traded 17.5 cents higher yesterday, $1.83. Blocks up 8 to $1.86 and a quarter. Butter up 3 at 261 and a quarter. July class three was down four at thirteen seventy seven. August, September, October, November though were all up seventy five cents. August seventeen forty six, September eighteen forty two, October eighteen ninety seven, and November at nineteen twenty two. And uh, that's the way she looks. Weather wise, hot today. 
92, maybe if you're lucky, you're under a cloud, get a little rain. Otherwise, no widespread rain expected. But again, high of 92, we're about 66 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.